Welcome back to the second season of Rhymes with Decora, a companion podcast project of Inspired Media. I'm your host, Benji Nichols, bringing you stories about communities you love by people you trust. Thanks for coming along. We have about uh, 30 shows in our first season. You can go check them out on our site, decora.fun or iloveinspired.com. That will get you there. But we are kicking off the second season, and boy, am I excited about our guest today and the show that we are going to unpack. Please welcome Mr. Mike Bollinger, uh, the executive director of the Seed Savers Exchange. Mike, welcome. So glad to be here, Benji. Thanks for having me. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, I think I have to preface this show by explaining to people that uh, you and I have actually known each other for several years. Um, So you're actually a friend of mine. So I like to say, I like to be able to say that. I think I could say that. <laughs> um, so it's really fun to have you here, and also um, I think it's still fresh enough that I will say congrats uh, on your fairly recent position uh, as the director at Seed Savers Exchange. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. It's been uh, about three months now. Late September is when I uh, stepped into to the role at Seed Savers Exchange, and. Uh, so far, so good, I like to say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's really, um, it's been really fun to see uh, that process play out. But Aaron and I have known um, you and your amazing wife, Katie, and your family for uh, quite a few years now. And um, you guys have a really, really great backstory uh, and your connection to Decora and your connection to agriculture uh, in Iowa and all of those things. So we're going to we're gonna unpack a little bit of that first, I think. Um, it's safe to say that uh, although you are not an Iowa native, uh, Decor has played a pretty big, uh, pretty big role in your life, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've had an intersection with uh, Decora on multiple occasions um, <laughs> through Luther College as as students. Uh, you know, for a short stint back here as we were trying to figure out our lives and where we were going to go, and uh, and now permanently since two thousand nine. Yeah, where was home for you originally? Home was South Dakota. South Dakota. That's that's right. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, you know, grew up or uh, was born in, in Pier in the middle of the state, you know, early childhood out in the Black Hills and the mountains, um, you know, riding bikes and learning how to ski and spent the, the greater portion of my time uh, before graduation in Sioux Falls. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, you know, you're actually at least the second Dakotan uh, that I've had on this show now. Uh, I don't know, Chris Johnson from Vesterheim Museum. Okay. Another Dakotan. Go. Love it. <laughs> I'm in North Dakota. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to stick my foot in my mouth, but yeah. No, that's awesome. But you found your way to Decor originally th- uh, because of Luther College, right? right? Yeah. How did you find Luther? What was the draw? Well, so, um, you know, that's a, it's an interesting story in and of itself. Um, you know, I, I <laughs> wasn't aware of uh, Decora until um, actually the, the school that I went to, um, there was a football coach that, uh, that was at Luther College that um, had gone to the same high school that I had. And as he was looking for people to, to be able to bring in to under the football team, it was one of the many activities that I did through, throughout high school. And um, I didn't think I was interested uh, at, at the time. I wasn't sure that, you know, sports were something that I wanted to pursue in college. But, um, you know, as everybody does when you're looking at schools, you go and take uh, college yeah. tours. And we're at the University of Iowa and at Iowa State. And my parents said, you know, we're not far from uh, from Decorah. If you want to, you know, we could drop over and just spend the night there and check it out. And 
you know, fortunately, uh, you know, when, when we arrived, it was about sunset. We were pulling up oh, onto yeah. the campus, yeah. right. You know, sun setting over the, you know, over the hills. And wow. I was just, I knew actually before we golden, had done anything and gone any further golden hour, it was the golden hour and it was incredible. And I was, and I, we, I think we left the next morning and I said, this is where I want to go. That's amazing. Yeah. And that, that's actually, I don't think that's the first story I've heard similar to that. You Likely know? not. Like Likely it's just, not. no, I just mean, it's incredible. And that also that people's parents were aware and they're like, well, let's, let's just go check it out. You know, yeah. like whatever. That's a, it's a great story. I mean, we're is. certainly yeah. glad you found Decora, right? I am and, so glad that I found Decora. And, and all those things. I have to ask it too, right off the bat, just because we're talking about early life. Did you have any connection at all really to agriculture in your early life? Like, was that something that was in your world? You know, I mean, it, so, I mean, as, as a kid, no, right? I mean, I... I don't know. This, I is, mean, this I always, is terrible. I, but I grew up because I grew up running around in chicken houses. Yeah, and like, no, and, and, and that's, that's fine. You know, out, I mean, this is funny, but I always <laughs> considered my myself a city kid from South Dakota. You know, I don't know, I yeah. don't know how that works. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, my grandparents farmed um, in the northern part of South Dakota. You sure. know, right on the border of North Dakota. Um, you know, twenty five hundred acres. Um, yeah. So there was a wow. there was a lot of land up there, and you know, so we'd go up there, and I'd spend some time up there in the summers. But it wasn't. I was never farming. You know, I'd yeah. bottle feed some calves. Yeah. You know, I'd I'd go and pick rocks out in the fields. But you know, that was because my grandpa was looking to give me an excuse to be able to drive out in the fields <laughs> in the truck. You know, so it was always more with a sense of like fun and adventure than it was about you know the realities of what you know, what farm life and farm work looks like. Sure, sure. That, and that, that makes sense. Um, uh, so you came to Luther and you met uh, your now wife, uh, right. Katie, at Katie. Luther too, right? Yeah. You guys didn't know each other previously. We didn't. No, yeah. we didn't. Uh, and and so we met, um, we're, you know, a year apart. She was a year older than I was in school. Yeah. Um, but we had a mutual friend. So, um, and again, another little funny story here uh, that relates back to back to football. I didn't realize we'd be talking about that so much. But um, <laughs> there was a there was a guy that uh, his name was Ben Hamill. He was uh, uh, his work study job was to film the football team. And him and I kind of connected early on. And Katie and Ben grew up together. They grew up in Dubuque. Oh, that's and, amazing. Yeah, we're friends that, you know, went to prom. And, you know, and so we kind of connected over the course of our, you know, over the course of college. And, um, yeah, you know, friends first, running in, this, in the same groups. Yeah, and, you totally. know, found some commonalities, adventuring out. Uh, you know, out and around rural Northeast Iowa. And we were talking when you got, you know, you headed th- your way through Luther and out of Luther, you actually thought maybe you were headed towards like med school. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Is that that right? was, that was the original intention. I mean, I had, you know, when I started school um, at Luther, you know, I was, I was a biology student, pre-med student. Um, and then in this, in the summers when I would go back home, I somehow navigated my way into a child and adolescent psychiatric unit, wow. uh, at a hospital. It was an acute care setting wow. uh, in Sioux Falls. And, you know, my mom ran a so- social services organization. And so that wasn't something that felt far off. And I just, I, you know, I just felt that it was, uh, it was really meaningful work at the, at the time. And yeah. so I was thinking still, medicine, still thinking, yeah, still is <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking psychiatry kind of more specifically, but then, you know, as, as many things in life takes you in different places. Yeah. Well, and for you specifically, I mean, that is the next part of this story that I will, will try and, and keep it concise, but I think right. is worth unpacking because <laughs> it's such a great story. Um, what year did you graduate from Luther? 2002. Okay. And so Katie graduated in 2001. Yeah. Is that right? That's right. Katie left Luther and went where? She went uh, into the Peace Corps in the the Republic of Mali in West Africa. 
um, and was a, she was a biology student at Luther College and and knew you know far before she graduated too that that was something that she wanted to pursue. She wanted to do volunteer work. She was interested in agriculture, you know, natural resource management work. Had spent time in the summers out in Colorado doing trail improvement things and, uh, you know, I was a mountain bike guide, things like that. Um, so yeah, she, she went into the Peace Corps and was doing in the Southern part of Mali doing ag work. And, uh, and so we, you know, we kept contact through letters, uh, for, yeah. for a, a period of, of time before eventually I asked her if it would be okay if I would come and come and visit her. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. And at the same time, uh, another one of our mutual friends, uh, here in Decora, Dan Bell Richard, right. uh, also kind of took a, a not similar, but kind of similar path uh, into the Peace Corps and ended up in Mali, um, around Mali that same well. time period. Right. Yeah. Which is amazing. I know you guys have, have told some great stories from that time. Um, I spent just a tiny bit of time in West Africa when I was in college and, and absolutely loved it. And it kicked my butt and there's no other place in the world. I don't yeah, think like it, any yeah. part of Africa, Western Africa is an amazing, amazing place. An amazing sure. place. And it really, I mean, I think that that was, I mean, outside of being, you know, in an environment that was totally outside anything that I had ever experienced. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was empowering and, uh, an incredible life experience, but I, I learned and kind of look back on that time now as really those, the beginning phases of, uh, a passion for, you know, food, agriculture, and how that relates to community and the environment. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. And, and obviously Katie kind of found some of those similar yeah. interests along the way too. Uh, you guys all ended up back in the U.S., uh, and found your way back to good old Decora. Back yeah? in Decora. But That's not right. quite. There were a couple other stops in between, right? Chicago? So Chicago was after, so from Mali, we came back to Decora. And in fact, wow. um, you know, again, we ended up at Seed Savers Exchange. So wow, it, at yeah. that time, and we were on the garden crew. So that would have been in, you know, 2003. And actually, so when we, you know, when we came back to Decora, um, we got married within a couple of months. So we had been trying to do a little bit of uh, wild wedding planning wow. from West Africa, came back, and within the first month of coming back, we're, we're married out here at Chimney Rock awesome. uh, at the campground and, yeah, and started at, at Seed Savers Exchange. That's amazing. I, I love that. And uh, so you were there and really boots on the ground. I mean, right at the at the <laughs> ground, yeah. ground level. Right, right. And, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, back to, you know, back to Luther College, actually, we knew about Seed Savers Exchange, you know, before working there because we were friends with, you know, one of Kent and Diane's daughters, Carrie. Yeah. You know, and so uh, we got Seed to know. Seed Savers uh, founders. Yep. yep. The yep. founders of, yep. uh, of Seed Savers Exchange. And so we would go out there and, you know, walk through yeah. the orchards and the valleys and up on the hilltop. And, you know, in the wintertime, she'd take us out there and, uh, you know, and we'd skate on the on the little uh, creek area oh, that had yeah. frozen over. And occasionally, you know, we'd get grilled cheeses or, a, you know, <laughs> or, a, or a homemade meal. Um, so that was, you know, before any, you know, any of this, we were kind of out there as, you know, as that's. Um, so in that fun. capacity. Well, yeah. what what an amazing way to connect to the the entity and the organization um, back in that you know that time period. Yeah, it's very, yeah, for sure. Very, very cool. You know, and Katie and I, you know, have you know the you know as we're talking about you know kind of the development of our you know of, of my experiences of agriculture and now being at Seed Savers Exchange. I mean, really, that is something that Katie and I have been hand in hand with. Um, you know, since we were married, I mean, everywhere that we, you know, that we have worked in, in an agricultural space, you know, we have done together. I mean, from Decorah, we moved out to coastal Maine, yeah. uh, to a nonprofit organization called the Good Life Center. 
um, we were resident stewards there and learning about, you know, homesteading uh, and the environment and, uh, you know, the folks that had founded that, Helen and Scott Nearing that had passed away and kind of their um, vision for being environmental stewards and growing your own food for your, you know, your family and wow. your community to down the road, working for somebody uh, that, uh, that had, you know, a vast knowledge of, of agriculture. Uh, Elliot Coleman and Barbara Damrosh had you know, written books about agriculture and sustainable agriculture, looking at season extension. Katie and I both farmed there together. Wow. Um, we ended back up in, in Chicago um, where we, ended, we both worked at the Chicago Botanic Garden um, you know, Katie was the, the manager of the fruit and vegetable gardens there. Yeah. And I was working with one of their community outreach programs. What a cool system. opportunity as well, right? You know, like, yeah. So totally things like that. different environment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been an, an incredible partnership, uh, in, in farming and life with her. When we got to know you guys, when we were back here in Decora, um, you know, mid two thousands and a little later, uh, so you guys made your way back to Decora and started river root farm. That's right. Right. Uh, and of course, lots of things going on. And like all of us who have landed here over the years, you kind of piece it together as you're, you're going and figure out how to, Absolutely. how to make it, make it all work. Right. Um, but you guys found a farm, you, you found land of kind of a, more of a, a homestead almost situation. Yeah. You think you explain, you know, call, yeah, seven, called it, right? seven acres with, uh, you know, on a Eastern, you know, steep Eastern slope, uh, <laughs> you know, on one of the hillsides with kind of these three terraces that, you know, we knew could be, you know, would be a beautiful homestead, but would also, you know, have the capacity to be able to do some small acreage vegetable production uh, in those initial phases as we were kind of trying to figure out what that would look like. But, mm -hmm. you know, really, you know, what we did is we, you know, we chose to move back to Decorah to raise our family, to set down roots here. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, decide, you know, we're trying to figure out how to you know, how to navigate building a business. So absolutely. If I remember, I'm trying to remember some passing conversations you and I have had, but um, I, I can remember you laughing at some point, not in a mean way, but in a kind of a funny way of looking back when you were first starting, especially growing vegetables, like for farmers, you know, actually marketing your vegetables that you're trying to grow. Yeah. And I think I remember you saying like, you know, just at some point you had, you'd planted like an immense amount of stuff and a variety of things and whatever, and just how like, how complicated yeah. it was and how insane it became, you know, and trying in trend, you have to, you have to find your way, you have to find what you're interested in. Right. And then right. kind of focus your way in. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it's trial and error, right? right? I mean, you really try to, you know, you throw, you know, a lot of things up on the wall and you kind of see what sticks and, you know, we were stepping into, you know, into this community that already had, you know, uh, you know, really skillful farmers, you know, sure. that were growing vegetables and at the farmer's market and, you know, part of, you know, inevitably you're going to, you know, share some of that space in a community, but, you know, trying to navigate ways in which we could, you know, not directly compete, but find the niches where, you know, where food wasn't being grown, whether that was a different time of the year. And we were interested in greenhouse right. production, right. you know, trying to find kind of some of those pockets just to see what that would, what that would look like. Yep. And then, and keep your eyes open and see where, you know, where those sorts of opportunities take you. Totally. And I know uh, the one other thing I wanted to mention quick is so I, Aaron and I were super fortunate in the early years of Inspired. We won one of the Biz Booster Awards at that time from Economic Development here in Decora. Yeah. And um, I think the year we won, it was uh, McCaffrey's Dolce Vita. So uh, Jim and Brenda and Jim, rest in peace. But right. Jim won, yeah. uh, they won and we did and something else. And they were essentially just like small business incubator grants. You know, I right. think it was 1500 bucks or something like that. Or, you know, and uh, But at the time, it meant a lot to us, I remember. It was, a, it was yeah, really impactful. Absolutely. So when, once 
once you won one at that time, at least how it was working is once you had won, it was great. You got the award, but then of course, in a very small town way, you were expected to then sit on the, yeah. <laughs> sit on the group to help right. judge in the future. And I did that for a few years, but that's, I remember you guys coming back through at one point too, and you're working on seed incubating and some equipment and stuff. And just like, you yeah, know, just figuring those things out. Right. Just right. Like, just figuring those things out. And, you know, and that actually ties back into, you know, my kind of pre-existing relationship with Seed Savers Exchange too. I mean, the thing that we applied for uh, in that BizBooster grant process was a germination chamber. And what yeah. that allowed us to do was to be able to start, you know, thousands of plants in a, in a very small space at, at high humidity. And, you know, fast forward, you know, multiple years later, you know, we were doing, you know, all of the, you know, all of the seedlings that were being grown for the visitor center at Seed Savers Exchange, you know, uh, we ended up doing um, the mail order program that they did. They would send right. plants all over the country. I mean, that was almost 100,000 plants in and of itself. Wow. So that, you right. know, that little grant then turned into this, you know, significant part of our operation, too. Totally. So those little little things matter. Totally. Little things do matter, especially mm-hmm. when you're starting a business, a small business and in yeah. a rural area, boy, it's amazing what a little, a little encouragement can go Absolutely. Uh, a long ways for sure. Right. Mike Bollinger, uh, executive director of Seed Savers Exchange is the guest today. Uh, we're just talking about, you know, your early days, finding your way to Decora, all this fun stuff, River Root Farm, uh, which uh, your wife Katie and you started together and still are running uh, at riverrootfarm.com. I'll throw that out there. People can hey. check it out. And uh, some of the tastiest greens I've ever had. Good stuff out there. All sorts of fun stuff. When we come back, we're going to unpack the Seed Savers Exchange a little bit more and talk about your role there and some fun stuff. So uh, hang in there. It's uh, Rhymes with Decor. We'll be right back. This is Erin Henning-Nichols, founder and editor-in-chief of Inspired Magazine. Rhymes with Decor is brought to you by Inspired Media, bringing you positive news since 2007. Find us on stands across the Driftless, or check out our new website, or become a member at iloveinspired.com. Creating stories about communities you love by people you trust. Thanks for being inspired. And the one and only Erin Henning-Nichols there... Iloveinspired.com. Check it out. We're a quarterly publication found across the region. You can find us online anytime, including a nice backlog of our issues. Go back, read some fun stories, keep yourself entertained and inspired. Check it all out. Thanks for being here. Mike Bollinger, thank you for being here, taking time out of your day and, uh, you know, uh, getting through a little bit of it. This is really fun. I appreciate it. Any opportunity to spend some time with you, Benji, is always, <laughs> it's, it's always worth it. <laughs> Something like that, right? Um, so, Mike, we were kind of covering the earlier days of, of, you know, how you guys found your way to decor, the different things that were going on, some of those experiences. But as you guys grew your farm, um, you know, I know you saw different opportunities. Things have come. You've you found your way in terms of products you're developing and things you're doing and relationships. You were working with Seed Savers Exchange, doing some really great work. Uh, and then, you know... As life has it, um, pandemics come along, other things happen, we all rearrange our lives. But here we are in uh, now 2023, but in 2022, and the opportunity arose for you uh, to step into this leadership role at Seed Savers, which is just super, super cool. It is super cool. Um, Yeah, you know, uh, I think in life we all looked for, look for, you know, ways to contribute and, and to find value. And I, you know, 
farming is an, an incredible life pursuit uh, and incredibly hard work. Um, but as you know, we kind of look for ways to be able to, to, you know, increase the amount of impact that we have in the world. You know, yeah. this is one of those opportunities that just really is aligned with, uh, you know, my interest in agriculture and, and with an organization that's been around for almost 50 years with a, yeah, such wow. a, a wild, you know, uh, an impactful mission statement and an impactful work. Um, it was something that I, you know, I, I, I went after. And we should say that, and I should start, you know, I often assume that people know what Seed Savers is, which is dangerous for me. Um, you know, Aaron and I have a long history at Seed Savers just with interest and fun. We we were married at Seed Savers um, back in the day really? under the big oak tree. Uh, we've got we've got some fun history there, and I've known, I knew Kent and Diane when I was a kid growing up here in Decorah. Um, but for people who don't know, uh, SeedSavers.org, for one, <laughs> it's easy, it's a beautiful website, you can go check it out. Uh, and I think a lot of people, it's fun, I've had different coworkers when I was in California and other places find out that I was from Iowa or Northeast Iowa, and like, do you know Seed Savers? And it's like, yes, I do know Seed Savers. <laughs> um, but the reach of Seed Savers is incredible across the nation. I mean, there are people coast to coast um, who have actually, you know, who, who have sought it out or have come to the um, summer gatherings or different things over the years or who get seeds or exchange seeds through right. Seed Savers. Um, can you tell us just in a nutshell of Seed Savers, you know, what, what is the goal of Seed Savers? What is the mission? You know, what, where did it start? Yeah, so it's a, um, you know, Seed Savers Exchange is a nonprofit organization that is working to, uh, you know, collect and gather uh, heirloom and open pollinated seeds um, with a, a collection of, you know, now almost 20,000 20, seeds. So, you know, stewarding, you know, stewarding those seeds, um, regenerating those uh, as their, you know, live germplasm, uh, and then, um you know, finding ways to be able to, you know, get those out into the community, to be able to educate people about the importance of genetic biodiversity, um, teaching people how to seed save, you know, talking about gardening and ways to be able to, to really look at um, the importance of, of biodiversity as it relates to food, the environment and yeah. humanity. You know, and one of the favorite things um, that I love about Seed Savers, and I, because I know a little bit of this story and that Diane loves to share and that you also shared too, is, you know, it, it really started with just a couple of seeds that were handed down through the family, right? That's right. That's right. And in fact, you know, it's always good to, to arrive with gifts, right? So <laughs> when, I, when I came in and you greeted me, one of the things that I gave you uh, uh, were, you know, the two, two, two packets of seeds that were uh, the beginning of Seed Savers Exchange, the uh, Grandpa Ott's Morning Glory and the German pink tomato. There they are. Shake, shake. Such a good sound. Yeah. And so, you know, it was, um, you know, what the story that I told you when I, you know, handed you those was that, you know, this is the beginning of Seed Savers Exchange, right? 1975. These were the, the two varieties that, um, you know, that, that inspired Kent and Diane to, to start Seed Savers Exchange. But if, you know, flip, flip those packets over and yeah. it talks about, you know, those came from Bavaria in the 1880s. Right. Right. And those are seeds that were, you know, were with Diane's family, you know, through, yeah. you know, a hundred years. There are some just amazing um, immigrant stories of seeds and seed saving or like, you know, how seeds got to new places. And that there are right. stories all over the world, but particularly to the U.S., of course, but, you know, and from all over the world, um, you know, and that's that's from local stories and, right. and you know, Scandinavia and other things to like, you know, great stories about Italian immigrants and whoever else who, who would literally like hide seeds, right? In their, right. So I'm into the, you know, their into the hems or, of their clothes. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that's, you know, that's some of it for me, you know, some of the most 
interesting work that you know that we do at Seed Savers Exchange. You know, Sarah Strati is our seed historian. Edward, Eduardo Fernandez is one of our assistant historians, and that is is literally their job. You know, when we get a you know a, a package in the mail and it's got seeds in it and a little yeah. a piece of the story, <laughs> right? It's their job to really be able to dig in. You know, and and contact you know the the people that those seeds came from collect the stories what's the history of those images i mean and so we're 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 really looking at the story of this you know what you know where did they come from how did they end up you know on you know in our mailbox and and everything in between people's uh one of the thing people might be most familiar with with seed savers is the actual annual seed catalog right so the, the commercially available seeds you can and, and you know it's this time of year right uh, currently right. it's yep. it's january 2023 yep. so they're it's, on it's, coffee tables it's seed catalog sure. time yeah, absolutely but uh you know flipping through seed catalogs is kind of a, a, a fast hobby of a lot of people right um but that is you know the one interface right is the actual catalog and it's really cool in the catalogs i should say your creative team is great we know several folks who are involved in that actually and they do an amazing job of putting that catalog together it's really fun to look at it um and and to see it each year but the other part of it is the yearbook right, right? and the actual exchange yearbook yeah. um, where it all which, started yeah in which in this in this day and age seems like you know it's like the giant old telephone book almost right, right. except it's not it's an amazing resource and it's for seeds that's right yeah, I mean there are hundreds of you know hundreds of members. So there's a publication that comes out you know on an annual basis. It's called the Yearbook, right? And that is a, a collection of seed stewards and seed savers, whether they be home gardeners or you know yeah. small acreage farmers. And, and I right? think that's an important point, right? I mean a lot of these people are just they're just you and me and whoever. I mean you don't have to be a can be a, anybody. A anybody yeah, any anybody kind. can yeah. list if you've got a you know a variety that you saved, saved it and you can put it there. And so you know we have hundreds of people that are you know that are listing in that exchange. There are over you know eighteen thousand varieties wow. that are listed in that in that exchange. And that's not a you know that's not a hey you know four seventy five a packet kind of thing. I mean this is like you know this is right. the grassroots right. I mean this is yeah. the reality of people that are doing some of the most important work. Uh, that relates to to food and the future of food is through this yeah. exchange. Yeah, and as generations turn over, you know, I think in in recent more recent decades or years too, it's like it's easy for those things to disappear, right? Because right. there's a, of course there's kind of been a re-interesting gardening and some of those things in the last couple of years here. But uh, even so, if a family member hands something down and it gets lost or gone, it's it's gone. But if you happen to have that thing, right. you know, that little you know compartment of seeds, that little envelope, yeah. that whatever, like it's kind of amazing to see what uh, what can come from. It really is. And, you know, and people can, you know, I mean, we, there are stories of people reconnecting with their, with their seeds through, you know, through the exchange too. Right. Or, I mean, that's part of like the connecting of dots that, you know, that Eduardo has told me stories about, um, you know, where it's like, you've got somebody as he's trying to kind of dig into, you know, where these seeds came from and the history of them and, and how they may have traveled through, you know, through time and place, you know, he's actually reconnects with folks that felt like they, that those seeds were gone. Yeah. Right. And said, oh, no, we actually have some of them now. And so like can can send those, you know, can send those out back to, to family members as well. I mean, it's really right. Uh, it, it's vast. If people are interested in this, the easiest way they can find it is seedsavers.org, of course. Uh, Tons of information on the website. You are a nonprofit organization. You have an amazing board of directors. I won't even get into all of the people that are on the board, but there are people from uh, local folks who are incredibly engaged and involved to really nationally known people who are involved in this world uh, and doing just incredible work. Um, And people can read about that on the website as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But, you know, the work is really incredible. You can also donate on the website also. 
say. Aaron and I have been donors to Seed Savers for years uh, and and really love supporting that mission um, at seedsavers.org. But one of the other really fun things I want to make sure we unpack for people is that, you know, the farm is an actual place just outside of Decorah, too. That's right. Which is 800 and... 890 acres. 890 acres yeah. of beautiful rolling farmland uh, and, and valleys. Um, nine, and open to the public. Nine miles of hiking trail. That's right. A uh, freshwater trout stream that might have some brook trout in it. Might have uh, some brook trout in it. That's right. <laughs> uh, there are just really exceptional options um, to engage at at Seed Savers. So the, there is an actual visitor center. Closes down a little bit here for the winter, right? right. But is open a lot of the year. So you can yeah. check all the hours on the website. We can check all that out. Uh, and it's really just a great field trip to to come check out Seed Savers in Decorah and and go there. Um, what Open dawn till dusk. Yeah, I mean, and really, we just welcome and, and people to be able to come. I mean, and yeah, even yeah, if absolutely. the visitor center is not open, people are welcome yep. to come come yep. check out the farm. Yep, absolutely. One of the things we also like to talk about in the fall, um, in fact, we have taken kiddos out there more than once for the apple orchard as well, the orchard, um, which is a historic orchard. You guys have done an amazing body of work. Yep. Uh, and there's two orchards there. now. Yep. There's a newer, you know, right. a, a, another piece of it. So, and in the fall, you're, I mean, anytime you're, but in the fall when the trees are actually full of fruit, you're welcome to go out and wander through the orchards and not pick off the trees, but right. <laughs> check them out. Right? Yeah. And, you know, and one, you know, one of the, one of the first things that I did as the new executive director, you know, was to, to meet with every, you know, every one of the staff, right. To mm-hmm. introduce myself and have a conversation and figure out, you know, what role they're playing in the, you know, in the important work of the organization. Um, but I have to say, you know, one of the funnest things was to be able to walk around with uh, the orchard manager, Jamie, you know, and, and just hearing, you know, some of the stories about those trees and, you know, the, the predecessor to the red delicious, you know, apple, oh, which yeah. maybe not so delicious, but, you know, <laughs> was a, you know, was a mutant bud that, uh, that, you know, had a better appearance. So, I mean, there's, I mean, there's just so much to see and explore and, uh, you know, we would love, you know, love to have people out and, um, yeah, have thousands I, of visitors every year. I love that. Uh, one other fun note just for this podcast, for folks who may be familiar, there is talk, at least some exploration, into potentially bringing back the um, Summer Benefit concert, too. Is that is that true? That, I, can I true. say that? Yeah, you know, you, you can say that. Um, you know, we are, we're definitely, you know, it's been a few years. I mean, COVID threw a wrench in, yeah. you know, a lot of the things, you know, we were, you know, always looking for ways to be able to engage with our community, whether that be through our annual conference, yes. through the seed school through our benefit concert through the heirloom tomato tasting you know i remember times when our kids were young when you know we had you know the winter was on the ground this time of year and there were you know bonfires and horses with sleighs you know going out into the into the valley but you know we're we're at a place now where we're really trying to figure out ways to be able to bring people you know bring that community back to the you know back to the farm because it is such a magical place. Yeah, absolutely. It it is and that's fun for all of us who are local and, and also people who visit. I know the the summer event especially mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and the conference and some of those things it's incredible uh people come from all over the country uh in, in the past, you know, for, really that, for that event. So that's a really special gathering of folks uh, uh to see that happen. So We'll see you there in August, right? Hey, nice, right? <laughs> exactly. And you know the other piece I want to just mention is like people sometimes I think people folks don't realize that, I mean, Seed Savers has grown to really be a very impactful organization. 60 employees, right? Yeah, almost here, 60. here in Winnishie County, yep. uh, Northeast Iowa. Yep. So, I mean, a really valuable employer uh, and certainly a, a business and economic impact that is just really valuable. So it's yeah, a really, you know, we've really got, interesting piece. You know, nine, you know, about 9,000 members from, you know, all across the world. 
Wow. Yeah, that is so, so, so fun. Uh, cool. Well, Mike, I, we can't thank you enough for taking time to talk today. Have we missed anything about Seed Savers that you want to say or anything else? This I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's so much to, you know? you know, there's so much to say, you know, yeah. I mean, whether we talk about, you know, the, again, we could dig into, you know, the, all the layers, you yeah. know, the preservation department is doing so much, you know, work, our, you know, education and outreach, you know, coordinator is doing incredible work trying to figure, you know, out how to, how to bring people in. So I would just say, you know, stay tuned, you know, plug into the social media plug into our website become a member i mean the you know a membership which you know doesn't have to you know doesn't have to cost a lot is a really great way to be able to engage and you know hear some of the stories of the seeds that we're collecting and Mm -hmm. the important work that we're doing to engage uh engage communities as we do our best to be able to steward you know the heritage heritage seeds that uh, are coming into into our hands absolutely it's it's so much really really valuable work uh people should check it out seedsavers.org it's super easy and if you're coming to Decora, just come and ask anybody it's just north of town on uh, north wind road it's a beautiful little area so uh yeah check it check it out mike thank you so much for taking time today we appreciate you being here appreciate you uh uh all the work that you've brought to Decora and that you're doing at seed savers too yeah thanks so much for having me benji i really appreciate the time cool (laughs) thank you so much You've been listening to Rhymes with Decora, a companion podcast of Inspired Media. Benji Nichols, your host. You can find more out about Inspired at iloveinspired.com. You can find this podcast at decora.fun. 30-plus episodes that you can check out from our region. If you like the music on today's show, it is the work of Mr. Nick Zielinski. You can find him on Instagram at Indicative of Drumming. He's a decoran and a drummer. Appreciate his work as well. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll see you next time on Rhymes with Decora. Rhymes with Decora is a project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com.